be nobody contacting me. Love Talk Radio. There you go.
Okay. Offering hope for healing to numerous pairs and providing many services to adult survivors of child abuse and information for anyone interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. My big prevention, yes. Um, I don't think that uh, the Hank's going to come. I just have a funny feeling because he'd be here, believe me. So I've been sick all week, so if I haven't had a chance to, um, you know, contact anyone. I had no voice. I had no voice. <laughs> I had no voice. So um, I wasn't contacting anybody. But anyway, um, we're going to just talk about things that we know about and just jibber-jab about a lot of things that um, I have here as far as information which people should have. First of all, United States right now, um, boy, we're right at the top of, of the worst gun patrol, control, I should say, control of all the shootings that are going on. We're number one at the worst, okay? Now, I have to, I'm going to put this out here because I did hear a discussion today, yesterday actually, not today, I didn't go out today, but yesterday, um, where people were talking about, you know, kids getting shot all the time. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, people at the border and all this other stuff right this second. I'm talking about on our city streets and, and all this. And um, it's true, all right, uh, there are a lot more kids out there that have guns. But I'm going to tell you something else that is also true. I'm the oldest one here. That makes me the wisest. Isn't that right, Philip? He's not answering. <laughs> never I was on mute. Saying yes. I was on mute. <laughs> I was, I was on, on mute. mute. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's funny. Like he's giving me a good chuckle, man. I need that today because I really don't feel well. But uh, anyway, the point is. People, um, I have a friend, she made a very, very good point, and um, she lives in Ohio, and uh, she might be listening tonight, I don't know, who knows. But anyway, the point is this, um, if you live in Ohio, where she lives, you, you hear of very few banks being broken into and being robbed. Do you know why? Because everyone's allowed to carry a gun. So what's the point? See what I'm saying? You go into a, a bank, oh, I have a gun. Oh, so does everybody else. Now, I don't know if that's the answer, okay, but I'm going to tell you on a psychological on a psychological level, um, I grew up around guns all my life, and um, all my people on one side were all born in New York City. They are born in Manhattan. They are born in Brooklyn. Um, they were born in, in the Long Island or Long Island City, I guess it was back then, Long Island City. And um, I was born in New York. Um, uh, half of my family on the other side, they were actually cow people. Yeah, they were from Iowa. What a combination. They didn't mix, all right? So they get into terrible fights. Now, the people that were in New York, they moved out to New Jersey, and they moved out to New Jersey because of business. And they were florists. And I will say that my so-called grandfather, like I said, ancestry told me differently, but I knew him as that then, um, was one of the best flower growers in the world. And there was a place in New Jersey that was huge, and he bought it. And he blossomed. 
Um, he did a wonderful job, but they were all alcoholics, the whole bunch of them. So they get into these terrible fights. Now, when they moved out to New Jersey, wow, that's like moving into the country. Good God. Now, uh, Lori would say, wait a minute, I'm in the country, okay? But, Lori, you were born and raised in the Bronx, so you know the difference between country and you know the difference between city. But to Absolutely. These people, yeah. So to these people moving from, you know, Long Island and Brooklyn and all this other stuff, all of which I was very used to, they moved to Westwood, New Jersey, and um, they wanted to go hunting. They wanted to become hunters, okay? So they all bought many, many guns. And they never put their, their guns away. But I was always told, and they didn't have to tell me very often, I didn't want to touch them, okay? Um, don't touch the guns, stay away from the guns, blah, blah, blah. So to me it didn't mean anything, and uh, I didn't touch the guns, and I stayed away. Now when they got into their fistfights, because that's what they got into was fistfights, they never once picked up a gun. So you see, my mentality and the way that I was taught, trained, and I think it takes a certain individual to pick up a gun, to use that gun, to shoot that gun, and to kill someone. All right? So the way that I look at it is this. Um, if you take all the guns away from people, good people, people who are not murderers, all right, who don't want to go around murdering people so forth, who only use the gun for protection, which is allowed. It should be allowed. Okay? I believe in self-defense. All right? Now, you take all those guns away from the people, and I can tell you that the bad people know where to get the guns. They know where to get the guns. So... You have to understand that when they come out with information like this, that we're number one and all this other stuff. No, it's not Republican speaking. Of course, I'm Republican. You can tell that. It's written all over me. But And there's a reason for that. Now, I do believe in defending myself. If someone comes after me, I have that right. We all have that right. It takes a person who is unstable, which I worked with many times over in Greystone. Okay, I did. The sociopaths, the psychopaths. You certainly don't want a gun near people like that because they're going to pull that trigger, and you don't know who's going to get shot, okay? We've got kids out on the street today who are killing for no reason, random killing, killing children, um, killing older people, um, just plain killing because they can. And then people might say, well, if there wasn't a gun available to them, well, then they wouldn't be able to kill. Well, that's not true because, you see, um, a lot of those kids come from homes where there's so much abuse, so much violence, that it rubs off on the children. They're brought up in violence. I was brought up in violence, yes. What we never used guns. And I'm saying that if you take the guns away from people who just want to be safe, who want to protect their homes, then why shouldn't they? Or they want to protect their own body, why shouldn't they? 
um, that's an injustice, and it's stupid. Because remember, the bad guys always know where the guns, where to get them. Think back to the mafia days. Look at the movies we used to watch. <laughs> okay. They knew where to get the guns, didn't they? Right? And uh, there's, there's some truth in those movies, all right? Some movies have more truth than others. So it's not a good idea, all right? It's not a good idea to put people in a position where they can't defend themselves. It's not a good idea. What do you think, Lori? Well, it turns out guns are a necessary item these days. Not even whoever is delayed in getting them is an absolute reality, but it's a dangerous world. And the fact is that more states are letting you carry. Um, God knows how many people are going to be wiped out once New York does that. But here in Pennsylvania, I see people all the time with their guns wrapped around them. Now, I grew up also with uh, guns in the house. Um, yeah, my father had uh, two rifles and his pistol and all that kind of stuff. He kept mm-hmm. in the closet in the bedroom, and he would go target shooting with his friend from down the block. Who also had the same amount of guns. Now, luckily, the only thing he really ever did with me is he did take me target shooting. Mm-hmm. So I started uh, learning about guns early and whatnot, you know, and I thought it was really cool, you know, that I was so close to the target. But I learned the feel of it, you know, like a bigger rifle, your shoulder's going to hurt. So I decided then, when I was a kid, and this is what kids do when they see one, they go on and look for others, and that's how catalogs are made. So by the time I went through looking all with the guns and whatever, I found my type of gun. Now, this is me who was very quiet. I did this. You imagine the people today who are so volatile and they want this stuff for real. They're not admiring. They're just knowing what to look for. All this material is out there. And since this state is obviously getting split up, messed up, uh, just downright dangerous to live in, it's going to be a gun uh, monopoly um, in the United States for a while, like we've never seen before. And people yeah. just start shooting. I mean, they're shooting in the schools. They're shooting mm-hmm. in the malls, in the parking yeah. lots, in the grocery stores. This is how we live. It's disgusting. And I, I would shoot somebody the if they were shooting me. I would, just like you. I would shoot somebody uh, or whatever I could do to defend myself. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely right. I mean, why should we be sitting ducks? I, I hate that way of putting it, but it, it's, it's, there's validity in my way of putting it that way because that's what we become, are sitting ducks. We don't know who's going to shoot at us, and uh, this is why we have to be very careful with our kids today, for God's sake, because um, um, they're out amongst people, and, 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 and um, I'm staying home more. I have to admit it, I'm not going out quite as much as I used to. Because if it isn't uh, some kind of strain of whatever, which is what I've got now, I'm coming to the tail end of it, I think. They say it lasts two to three weeks. I had it now, two weeks. So um, what I'm going to cross to you is uh, whether it be strains of this and strains of that, 
uh, then it, it's violence. It's like people can't win. You know, you go out, you want to go have a good time somewhere, you might get whacked. <laughs> you might get your head popped off, you know what I'm saying? That's why when people go, you know, I love New York. I'm, I, I love the city. I like the city better than the country. I'm just one of those people. Now, I'd, I'd say, shit, I'm going to start wearing a helmet if I go to New York. I don't care. <laughs> I might be one of those people who get shot at, you know what I'm saying? So um, if we have to live in a world like this, something has to stop it. Something has to stop it. Now, part of the problems of why there's so many problems with the kids today um, and the suicide rate, by the way, is sky high, which I'm going to talk about in a second. Um, but, I mean, amongst teenagers I'm speaking about. Um, as long as they're fed hatred, okay, as long as they're fed hatred all their lives, all their lives they're fed hatred from because of these people, because of those people, because of this people, whatever. Uh, these kids are not going to grow up straight and strong. They're going to uh, remember what their parents told them, or grandparents especially told them. Um, a lot of the old-timers are the ones that tell stories of this and that, which we have no, no way of fixing. We can't fix things. They're broken like that. Um, I don't agree with a lot of things that happened, but, um, but I'm going to tell you right now, I can't fix it either. And we as a people have somehow got to come together and and learn to um, be more accepting of each other, even if we don't like each other. We have to learn to be more accepting of each other because the way the world is now, all you have to do is look at our country. And and you see, you see what's happening out there. So now we have the thing to live with, the United States has the worst, you know, um, gun population and, and deaths, deaths, okay, than, than any other country. So, Philip, what do you think of that? Um, well, I'd be scared to live in a world where there's no guns for the good people, to be honest with you. Yeah. It would be nice if we could live in that world. It would be wonderful if we could live in that world. Um, I, I remember when my kids were little, okay, um, the world was a much better place. It wasn't perfect. It was never perfect, okay. Look what happened to us. It shows what kind of world. I mean, I know how old I am. You know how old you are, and Lori knows how old she is, you know, the 20s, the 50s, the 70s, whatever. Um the point is, it was never a perfect world, but it was a much better world than what we have today. And something got us to that point. Greed, power, right? Power hungry. One being have wanting more than the other and being in control. Yeah, control, that's another way to be control. This is where it's, it's lettuce. So all of this, the greed and and um, the power and all this other stuff that people want and think that's important to have has actually ruined our world. It's certainly ruined our country. Now, we've got so many people, we've got so many people out on the streets right now 
I was watching um, the news the other night. What else is new? I love the news. I was brought up with a politician, so I guess that's why. My grandfather was also a politician. He was a mayor. Now, this this show, it was from California, okay? And it was showing California. And it had this picture. And it was, they call it the poop smear. The poop smear. Now, the reason why it's called the poop smear is it shows areas in California. I've been out to California. I went to San Francisco. Where it's all human defecation on the streets. And there's so much that they were able to draw a picture and put all the areas that were in this region of the poop smear. Now, they think so little of our country, the politicians, that they allow for people to defecate on the street because they have no place elsewhere to go. A lot of these people did, yes, come from the border, and then we have our own people, you know, who are homeless. Combination of both. You're going to have a big poop smear, okay? Now, I remember when I went to um, San Francisco in 1997, I wanted to go see Alcatraz, of course, because I used to work detention. And I wanted to see, um, you know, where the bird man of Alcatraz came from and all this other stuff. It was, it was a nice trip and went out there, my husband and I. And we went on the Maid of Mist boat across this great big, vast bay of water. And um, we went into the prison and, and we saw all kinds of stuff in there. And by the way, their cells were caves. They were not actual. They were not actual cells. I mean, I thought the regular cells were bad, but they, these were really bad. And they had piped into Alcatraz, Bugsy's mouth. You know the way he spoke. Al Capone. It was really pretty cool. Um, all the biggest mobsters you could think of that were in, you know, Alcatraz. It was piped there. Their conversations were piped throughout the. Um, um, throughout the prison. So when you were going on this tour, you'd hear them talking at you, you know what I'm saying? It was really funny and, and cool. I very much enjoyed that. But um, these people, the way that they think, this is not the way that, you know, normal people think. They're not brought up this way. If they are, for God's sake, there's a big, bad problem. They're the ones that are going to turn into the murderers, the ones that do this, the ones that do that, and all this other stuff. And a lot of times it is generational. So when it's generational, it's very hard to break that cycle so that you can become a person who doesn't go out and, and kill someone randomly, maybe because you maybe because you like their sneakers, you like whatever the hell they have, you know, their jewelry, whatever. Um, well, I'll just shoot them and then I'll just get what I want, won't I? Well, I'll just go loot that store because if I stay under $1,000 then I won't go to prison. And because I'm not an adult yet, I'm still just a kid, um, 16, 17, 18-year-old. You know, I'm sorry, 18-year-olds is a kid to me. 17, you go to bed, the next day you're 18, you are not an adult, okay? Um, so I have a lot to say about that. But the point is this. Um, we're brought up, and we're brought up poorly, those of us who have all kinds of problems, and they manifest themselves in all different ways. 
If we're brought up in an environment of hatred, then we're going to have a part of us that is filled, too, with hatred because we were taught to believe this way. That's called environmental conditioning. Environmental conditioning. So you see, we can change that, though. We, we develop all different kinds of uh, problems. I had panic attacks. I had reasons to have panic attacks. We all do, those who have it. Um, we have other types of problems, um, you know, PTSD of all kinds, complex PTSD, clinical depression. I was clinically depressed for a while. I was diagnosed as that. And um, all these things that we grow up with, it, it all comes back down on our body, on our mind, on our spirit, on our soul. And this is why, you know, it, it helps to form what type of person that we are until we, we, today, break the cycle. I don't believe in wallowing, okay? I don't believe in wallowing in in all of the things that we went through as a child. I don't believe in it. Because if we do, we will never never go forward. We're just going to sit in that and and feel sorry for ourselves. Not that we don't have a lot to feel sorry for. But we have to learn how to live in today's world. And I'm not talking about guns now. I'm speaking on an emotional way of of living. We have a Skype number here. Let me see who this is. Hi, this is Carol Levine. Who am I speaking to? My name is Joe. How are you doing? Joe, you've been on before. I recognize your voice. Yes, sir. I'm doing fine. We're speaking about environmental conditioning um, and and also about gun control and guns and all this other stuff and things that we go through, okay? So I don't know if you've been listening for a while or, or what. No, I just got here. I came here to get your advice. You came years here ago, to get my Your yeah, advice. Years ago... I believe I had seen what might have been abuse towards uh, one of our family members. It wasn't sexual abuse. It was um, a mother dragging her child who was born with, I don't know what the name of the disease was. It might have been encephalitis. But the child was practically emaciated and was born without the ability to talk or to really move um, his muscles well. So he's on the bed. I'm I'm walking in and the mother grabs the kid by the arm and pulls the kid sharply towards her. I mean very, very quickly. Now the kid doesn't say anything, doesn't say ouch. I don't know is it because he's used to it or if no, he just can't talk. This is years and years and years ago. Now, years have gone by, and I know that the uh, the boy has grown about 35 years of age now and is in a home away from this. But I want to find, is there some way that I can find out if the mother was abusive towards this kid during the time that the kid was living with her? Well, let me ask you something. Um, how many people might know of this other than yourself? Um, I don't think so, because like I said, um, the child 
was without the ability to really talk. And in, I don't know, he might have just gotten used to it. Um, he might have thought it was normal. But you don't grab a skinny kid by the arm um, and just drag it as quickly as you can towards you. Um, so, and plus I know the personality of the woman who was doing it. And um, she's, she has, a, at the very least, borderline personality disorder in my um, unprofessional diagnosis. So, um, you know, I'm... And right now, for some reason, I'm concerned about the kid. It's mm-hmm. been many years since I've seen uh, seen the child who is now, you know, a young adult. And I don't even keep in touch with uh, the mother. So, but I'm um, just wondering if there's anything that I can do. There isn't really anything you can do unless you have more to work with, okay? Um, right now you're telling me things that certainly don't sound normal. Or right, there's something wrong there. Uh, but on the other hand, um, if you don't have like other family members, someone you can contact, some another family member who knows where this person is, or knows where the child is, who's not a child anymore, then you have nothing really to work with. You know what I'm saying? It's very hard. Like you cannot go to CPS say, and. Um, you're not in the States, I don't think. You use Skype, so I don't know where you're from, but we have CPS over here. Right. And you can't, um, first of all, they wouldn't say you have the right even. You can't just walk into CPS or DIFIS or any of the other organizations and say, I want information on so-and-so because I suspect, okay? Right. It doesn't work that way. You have something to work with. Um, you can't go to a police department and, and say, um, you know, why didn't you do something years ago? Why did you wait so long? You see, the, the questions would come back to you as to why you waited so long if you suspected child abuse, right? And um, the, the longer, yeah, it is true, and, and the longer you wait, okay, when you suspect that there's child abuse, um, it makes you look like you're wishy-washy, okay? You should have done something then, not now. Right. Uh, I did. Yeah. yeah. So I, don't, I can't help you with that because you don't have, you don't have names. You don't have other people that might know, you know, family members, well, friends. Well, I've been um, in contact neighbors. with a sister, and um, I could uh, delicately ask about, uh, you know, any, if she's had any inklings herself about mm-hmm. um, the treatment. You know, and I, I could do that, and that may yes. be the reason why I'm, I'm thinking this way because I am in contact with her sister now uh, because her sister's undergoing um, you know, physical ailments. Mm-hmm. So I could find out from her. But let's say, let's say her sister does tell me that she has suspected this kind of physical abuse from time to time. What, what can we do from that point? Well, first of all, how old would this child be today? About 35. All right, 35. Um, he's already a man, okay? Yeah. And so... Let's say he's in a home. He can't, he can barely move. He can't talk. He has no okay. way of protecting himself, you know? 
Right. Okay. You know that that's unfortunately because uh, many times in these homes, kids like that are, are targets too for abuse inside of the home. Um, I knew of a case not that long ago. In fact, I, I spoke about it on one of the shows that I did, um, where a, a kid had I had him on the show. He had been in a home, and he had certain type of mental disabilities and physical disabilities, and he had gotten sexually and physically abused right in that home. I don't push homes on anybody, okay? I don't push homes yeah. on anybody. How? Um, because that does happen, and the percentage of that happening is quite a bit. And um, we I even had a program that we used to use once a month, I guess, Speaking about institutional abuse, because there is mm-hmm. so much of it. Now, what I would suggest that you do is you get a hold of that that sister and have a heart to heart. I don't know if you can reach her just by phone or if you see her or what the situation is. And yes, you can talk to her about it, and hopefully she'll you know give you information. And but then what are you going to do once you have this information? Because you see, you have in our country. Um, and it's, it's, it's all being changed now, the statute of limitations. Um, it used to be in some places be two years. If you don't tell them two years, forget about it, all right? If they uh, don't say anything, forget about it, all right? Yeah. And um, now I don't know what's going on over by you. I can only speak for the states. Uh, we've gotten a lot better, and we're trying to make it federal, like going from east to west. Individual states, no, no, no. Make it mandatory that there are no more statute of limitations. That's what we're working for. And uh, uh-huh. it's probably at that point now. Now, where you are, I don't know. So, see, again, you can have the best of information and the best of intentions. And and even this lady that you're speaking about, you might, you know, jog her into um, becoming interested in finding out and doing more and, and all this other stuff. And I'm not saying, you know, there's um, a bad thing. However, you have to have solutions Right, you cannot mm-hmm. like if it if he's institutionalized, um, maybe he's being treated well. See, not all of them are bad, right? So, yeah. um, but then you have those that are right. It's a, it's a simple matter of that. Um, but if you don't want to rock the boat, you know what I'm saying. I think all that you could do was satisfy yourself because again, that first question is going to come back to. If you suspected abuse way back when, why didn't you do something then? And what are you going to say? Well, I am. I would say I really don't know. I mean, I know because of her personality that what she did would be an indication to me that she might be abusing the child. But if somebody else had done that, I might not have thought a thing. But it's because of her, you know. So, and I didn't want to get involved in her family business uh, because it would have caused um, an uproar within the family. So um, I just decided to give her the benefit of the doubt. But I guess, you know, I don't know. It, it just don't hit beat me yourself the past up couple over of days. Don't yeah. beat yourself yeah. up over it. All right? Listen to me. Mm-hmm. Do not beat yourself up over it. This is obviously bothering you. And that's why I made the phone call. And I'm glad you called me. Um, what you can do is find out as much as you can from the sister. And um, maybe she even knows where he is. 
And oh, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. uh-huh. well, she and, was. And, I mean, uh-huh. yeah. So, um, and in a case like that, he would be allowed to have visitors. I mean, you could go see for yourself. I mean, learn the signs of abuse. We have it right on the website, www.nasca.org, nasca.org. You open up the links on the prevention all the way over to the right-hand side, right next to the last red block, okay? And that covers uh-huh. uh, prevention, intervention, and all that stuff. And it'll give you the signs. I pass this out all the time, these papers, and that's a good thing for people to do, and I wish more people would do it. It gives you, like, ten signs to look out for. All right? Write them Uh, down or make a copy of it. If you get a chance to see this kid, who's not a kid anymore, but, uh, you know, this child, this person, um, a lot of times there's too bruising, maybe on the arms or whatever, or on the face, or that way you can tell maybe he's getting um, maybe hit a little bit or whatever, or maybe even a lot. Yeah. and but then if you're going to play detective, you know, um, and you suspect something, then this time, don't think about the institution, okay, or the family. Think mm. about the person. Right. Then take what you see. You could even take if you're able to. I don't know if they allow for cameras in places like that. Not quite like that, especially if they're guilty, all right. But <laughs> if you can, yeah. Um, you know, like take pictures if you can, or if you can't, then simply write down a little notepad, have a little notepad where you saw bruising or whatever. And then uh, take that to the police and tell them what you've told me and what you suspect with this organization or institution, or whatever it is he's in, or hospital, I don't know, all right? Mm-hmm. And um, that way uh, you'll be doing something and it'll take away the guilt that you're feeling um, from when you didn't do something when you should have. See, mm-hmm. a lot of people, yes, a lot of people walk away from a situation instead of facing the situation because it's too painful for them to look at. All right? They can't handle it. And mm-hmm. then they keep their mouth shut. And, and this is why so much abuse continues on. Um, with children, and not just children, with anybody, people in general, okay, if you keep your mouth shut. If we were a society of people that when we see something, we say something, we do something, then just maybe it would help in the statistics of children getting abused and all this other, and then children turning into adults who are getting abused and all this other. And, And when a child is you know, in the position where they're not mentally sound and not physically sound and, and all this other cognitively sound, everything, um, many times they are targets. So step number one is to get a hold of the sister. See what you can find out from her. Yeah, and, and go I from there. Yeah. yeah. And, and And go from there. And that will help answer your questions, and you never know. You might end up being that kid's hero. Even if, it's, even if the family can't handle having him, maybe they would mm-hmm. put him someplace safer if he is being still yeah. abused, all right? Yeah, if. yeah. I, I'm, I'm thinking, 
of course, you know, there there are instances of abuse in, in these kind of institutions, but that's not even on my mind. My mind was the mother prior to I'm, – I'm thinking the kid is safe now, but you're also right. The kid could be in this because this, 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 the woman's a bitch, and she probably mm-hmm. wouldn't care if he was safe or not. And he, she would just would have picked the, the cheapest institution to put him in, and whatever came of it, came of it. So, yeah, so it could be a double whammy. Uh, it could be. That's why I suggest you look into it that way. And then yeah. also, too, because I, I do know that when people – they don't always want to walk away, okay, or turn their head. Mm-hmm. It's just that they don't know what to do, and um, they're scared. Like you were saying, you say, well, I didn't because I didn't want to ruffle the feathers of the family, blah, 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 all the, all the other things you were saying. Yeah. Um, and that's why people many times don't get involved. Sometimes they're afraid of retaliation, um, you know, if it's like in urban areas and all this other stuff. And mm-hmm. so they keep their mouths shut. Because they don't want to get in trouble themselves and put themselves in harm's way. So you can get rid of any of that that you might have if you do, you know, by talking to the sister. And if you can, investigate a little bit. Act like maybe you want to see the kid, all right, see if he's all right, whatever. Go from there. And this time, if you suspect something, um, for God's sake, do something. Yeah. Because it does happen. It does happen in, in institutions of all kinds, all right? Mm-hmm. It happened in detention when I worked there. I had an officer, um, a male officer, um, I mean police officer. These kids committed adult crimes. Um, he took a kid's head on the boy's side and, and, and put it in the, in the toilet and flushed it. Mm-hmm. That's disgusting. That's disgusting. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, I wasn't on duty that day. I wasn't working that day. And But when I did find out about it, I certainly went to him. Now, I'm not the director. Um, I worked there just like he did as officers of the court and so forth. But I, I did go and talk to him about it, and I said, you do that again, and I'm going to turn you in because I will. See, mm-hmm. when you come from an abusive past, you either – it even t- it either you become tougher or you become inward, mm-hmm. right? And, yeah. and I, I'm a tough person, and I'm, I'm thankful for it because I know the right thing to do today, and I, I, I do the right thing. So no more turning and looking the other way. This is one way that you can find out your questions because this is bothering you. So, you know, this is how I would uh, 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 I would approach it. You have someone to talk to. Good. Then do it. Find out what's going on. Yeah. I appreciate your experience and your advice. Okay. I'm, I'm glad you called. I'm glad you called. Okay. And I'm sorry what happened to you in the past, too, to... Um, Sorry, Dan. No. This kind of thing happens to anybody, actually. So, well, but I'm glad there isn't here any, to help you. Yeah. There, there isn't anybody on NASCAR. You know, I'm not unique. We've all been physically, mentally, emotionally, sexually neglected, all of us. Mm-hmm. And um, that's just the way it is. But we are survivors, and we're still standing. Yes, we are. There you go. Good. 
Yes. Well, thank you. Uh, You're welcome. You too. Take care now. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. So, let's see. Um, okay. So, let's let's talk a little bit. Now it's you and I, Lori. I think uh, Philip said, hmm. <laughs> That's funny. Um, it's not a good thing to walk away. You know, see, this this bothers people. Now, you and I are too tough. We'd never walk away. (laughs) I know how you are, and I know how I am. You'd probably point something in the nose, and so would I, because that's the way I am, right? um, But unfortunately, a lot of people, you know, they they are afraid because they're afraid of, of the urbanites. Many times this is an urban problem. I don't have to tell you that. You were born and raised in the Bronx. You know, it's not safe yeah. for anybody. It doesn't matter what job you got or how much money you got or anything. You're always going to be a target for somebody. That's what we have to learn. It has happened and accept. It is not safe out there anymore. It doesn't no. matter if you're on foreign soil. doesn't matter if you're on home soil. doesn't matter if it's your PTA group. It doesn't matter if it's your adult buddies. There is so much damage out there that you're not safe anywhere. And you have to know stuff like this. You have to hear it. And you got to repeat it. And also other people start, like, realizing what, what's happened before we all kill each other. That's, that's the way it's, like, going. And if it's for no reason. <laughs> like, you know, what's all the lying around? You know, what's all the separation in groups? I'm into, like, we all bleed the same color. So basically, we're all like in it for the same thing. We fight over territory, and we fight over money. We fight over these things we invented. You know that, that honestly, when we first all came, this wasn't going on. You know, it was better days, and even before us, it was better, better days. And we did this to ourselves. Uh, most of it was over greed. If we would just, like, get a handle and stop what's happened, stop this border stuff, do do something just to, like, I would say completely shut it down, but it's going to take forever to, to, you know, finish the wall, build other things, put anything else in play. It's the answer to go into a law before anybody does anything. doesn't matter what happens in between. So the the way we have to do is thinking like that. Like in the future, it's going to take time, but we got to put the brakes on this. Yeah, we do. And and you know what? See, because there's there's so much. I mean, my God, these lists. I forget the exact number now. I should have I should have put this one down. I should have wrote it down. But the amount of people that have come into our country in the last few years. Is huge, and you know I feel sorry for some of them because they come over here. They're expecting to have a better life. They really do. They think they can come over here and have a better life, and um, they bring their children, or they send their children, and their children are not chaperoned properly, Lori, and and they're disappearing all over the place. The the amount of children. That are that are gone, that have disappeared, 
over the last couple of years is horrendous because they some of them did have people waiting for them on the other side, meaning our side, and they never made it. Now, they were put in the hands of the cartel and whomever, and um, they didn't make it because they're being used, and you know this, but they're being used as, um, you know, in, in sweatshops. I thought that stuff was, like, gone, but it's not. It's way back. And I don't think it ever actually went away, but it went way down. But the sweatshops are very heavy, using kids doing all kinds of work. And then also, too, of course, you have the kids out on the street where they're being prostituted out. You have those who are being trafficked out. And I'll say it one more time, $150 billion a year industry um, where this stuff is going on, you know, with the human trafficking. And it is disgusting, children being used uh, for their organs. They, for, they rape them first, and then, then they just take their organs. And there are some unscrupulous hospitals. They don't care where they get their organs from. They just know that they have patients that need them. They do keep the organs in good shape, nice. Um, they keep them on ice, and uh, they're okay for a certain amount of time that way, and they give them to where they have to go, and uh, that's what happens. It is a disgusting world that we're living in today. Now, I wrote on Facebook last night. In fact, I, I wrote on, on Henry's Facebook. I wish I'd said, see you on the show tomorrow. <laughs> I didn't think that I would see you show up. But anyway, I wrote on there some things because he and I are very political and, um, you know, some things that I knew he would be interested in. And uh, he always appreciates that. But I wrote, the Vatican has walls around it, okay, to keep the bad people out. Hollywood has walls around their mansions to keep the bad people out. China has a wall around it to keep the unwanted people out. And we, the United States, we had a wall that was up and got torn down. And in the West, we have in places walls that are being built up because, geez, they see all of a sudden we need a wall. Now, these walls that they're building are stupid looking. They, personally, I don't see why people can't just shimmy up them. I was looking at them before in the news. And then there's others that are made out of, like, barbed wire and, and like, rolled barbed wire and stuff, but which may slow people down, but it didn't stop them because they're able to cut through the barbed wire in places. I saw that over the last couple of weeks. Well, we have all different kinds of people coming into our country, and we, the United States, we can't have, you know, the wall. That's why it was torn down. And now, because there's so much commotion going on, they're trying to build it back up. It's ridiculous. It's it's just stupid. This This problem that's in our country has been created by the United States, and I'll say no more. We'll just leave it there. So you see, these people that come in, I mean, they're coming in with all different kinds of diseases that we've gotten rid of, you know, years ago, like polio. Polio is coming back. They're not talking about it too much, but polio is one of them. And and there's other diseases. And, um, you know, so we have these many, many problems on top of problems. So it's not just a matter of guns, all right, and, and gun control and all this other stuff, um, it's a matter of everything. 
We need to get our country backwards. We need to go backwards so it can move forwards. And if Hank was here, he would agree with all of this. Because at least three years ago, our country was doing just fine and dandy. Okay? And people were not allowed to come in. Now, during the time um, when people came to Ellis Island, where some of my people came from, I told you the other night, <laughs> some came on the Mayflower. That was those from the farmers, okay? <laughs> Funny. I can't picture, picture people coming through on the Mayflower. Oh, my God. And and I'm, I'm like, next in line. I mean, I, there's only one cousin younger than me and one cousin older. All the rest of the people are dead, Lori, in my family. It was at one time a huge, huge family. But during the time when people walked in through our country, they were vetted in such a way through Ellis Island that, yes, they had to have papers. And I think I've told you before, the Italian people, which I have Italian in me, but the Italian people, they had to have, they had to have their papers or they were said without papers. Well, that's where the slang word of WAP came from, W-O-P, were the Italians that came through without papers, okay? So, um, of course, people always have to make up slang, you know, words for different nationalities, all this other stuff. But that's where that originated. So the people that came through Ellis Island during that time were vetted. They were physicals done, all kinds of stuff. No, the, the inflow and uh, of people is nothing like what we're dealing with today, okay? So it's much more under management, okay? People, you know, people did their job. There weren't as many people coming through as there is today. This is ridiculous. It's just out of way out of control. But if it was done the right way and people were able to come into our country so that they could have a better country, they would have their physicals done. They would have their proper paperwork. They would get their green cards. And there were certain rules and regulations that they had to follow, and and those people, they are not one of them that ever, ever burned the, the flag, our American flag, because they came over here and they helped build this country. They helped build it. They did a wonderful job with New York City, with the bridges and stuff like that. So, and just in the city itself, we had the Masons, we had everything, all right? So those people are very American, and they were proud to be American. So it's a totally different type of thing that's happening in our country today um, with the people who are here. Yes, you have those who want a better life, and for those, I feel for them, and they don't mean harm. And then you have those that are bringing in all the, the fentanyl and all the others, another one out there too, that, um, you know, it's killing our people, for God's sake. And that's just a little bit of it. Just a little bit of it. So, you see, there's so many things that need to be attacked in our country um, to make it back to where it was, for God's sake. I don't know what it's going to take to do it. I really don't. It's just too much. We have to start from the White House and work all the way down. And you have to have people who are tough enough to do it, people who are strong enough to do it. And I think you and I should get out there and we'll do it. What do you think? 
Yeah, yeah. If it's possible, we should. I mean, we're doing what we can now. If there was anybody going out there and stuff, yeah, we would do it. Well, I'll put it to you this way. After my operation on my foot, I can't do anything right now. But, um, yeah, let me tell you something. I'm a fighter. You're a fighter. And and I have plenty of time on my hands now. And I will not stand for people to take our country away. If there was something that people could do, I don't mean just us, people in general. Because I'm telling you something, the White House, even the Republicans, they, they all need help. They need as much help as they can to get it back to where it was. But I'll say this, um, people are not as stupid as they used to be. Now they're waking up. They're finally waking up, Lori, and they're seeing. I mean, how could they not? I think I wrote something like that, and I got thrown off of Facebook the other day. (laughs) But it's the truth. (laughs) I don't care. They'll let me back on. They do this. One time I wrote something, and they said, this is going to hit the the newspaper. It's going to hit the, um, oh, oh, the New York Times. This is going to be put on the New York Times. And I wrote back, fine. Now, I don't know if it went to the New York Times or not. <laughs> I really don't care. But, you know, the point is that um, this is not the country I was born in. Okay? And, and it's, it's just not right. So we have to look over our backs, even though we're not doing anything wrong. And I'm thinking about putting a helmet on if I go to the city. (laughs) I mean, you know, this isn't the way people are supposed to live. So we have a lot to be concerned about. So that takes me to the final point of what I'm speaking about tonight. Are you depressed? All right, let me start out with this. Some people describe depression as living in a black hole or having a feeling of impending doom. However, some depressed people don't feel sad at all. They may feel lifeless, empty. I felt empty. That's true. Apathetic. Or men in particular may even feel angry, aggressive, and restless. Sadness or downswings in the mood are normal reactions to life struggles. And we all have our good days and bad days. But I know just from what I've learned, if you have two weeks, and I'm sure I'll find it here somewhere, but I don't have to. If you have two weeks where you're feeling, you know, really bad about life and bad about yourself, don't feel bad about things you can't change, okay? Um, but you're feeling bad about yourself, uh, and, and it's it's affecting your lifestyle. You're sleeping too much, or maybe you're eating too much, or maybe you're not eating enough. Um, there's all kinds of things that come out in depression, and the symptoms are right here. And I get a lot of my stuff, like you know, from the Mayo Clinic and other places. If you have feelings of self-loathing, strong feelings of worthlessness or guilt, um, you harshly criticize yourself for perceived faults and mistakes. We all make mistakes. You all of a sudden develop reckless behavior. You engage in all kinds of behaviors such as substance abuse, compulsive gambling, reckless driving, or dangerous sports, things that you wouldn't ordinarily do. Um, Your concentration problems, you have trouble with that, focusing, making decisions, 
or remembering things, unexplained aches and pains, an increase in physical complaints such as headaches, back pain, aching muscles, and stomach pain. Now, when I was a kid, I had stomach pain all the time. I was always down in the nurse's office in school. Ooh. I have to drink some water. Oh. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, achy muscles and stomach pain. Um, now, with the rape and sexual violence, sexual violence in any unwanted sexual activity is unwanted, okay? If you say no, that means no. I don't care who you are. There are many different kinds of sexual violence, including but not restricted to rape, sexual assault, child sexual abuse, sexual harassment. Now, people know, see, in the old days, they used to say, well, if your husband puts himself upon you and you, and you keep saying, no, 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 I have a headache, oh, let's take the headache away. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, I don't feel well. It can be anything. I'm not up to it. Okay, in the old days, um, that that was a bad thing for a woman to do. How dare she speak like that to her husband? It's, it's not, now, things have changed for the better because let me tell you something. Today, women are a little bit smarter, and if they don't feel well, damn it, they don't feel well, roll over, go on the couch if you want. I don't care. But it's considered now to be like rape within a marriage. Um, I had somebody ask me about that the other day. Um, is that possible to have rape within a marriage? And yes, it is. Just because we're married doesn't mean that um, the other person totally can devour our body and take ownership, because that's what it is. It's ownership of our body. Like when we tell the kids, our body belongs to us. Our body belongs to me. Well, that never changes. Okay. Sexual violence can be perpetrated by a complete stranger or by someone known or even trusted, such as a friend, a colleague, family member, partner, or ex-partner. 100% of the responsibility for any act of sexual violence lies within its perpetrator. There is no excuse for sexual violence. And they look at sexual violence as being forcing yourself upon, okay, someone. That's sexual violence. If you have been raped or experienced any kind of sexual violence, no matter where you were, what you were saying or doing, then you have a case, and it's, it's a case against you. You're not allowed to do that. You can't do that. It's a no-no. Now, with teenagers, because depression has gotten so, so, so bad, um, we have to really start looking at the teenagers because during this time, when our world is so crazy, when our country is so crazy, the kids are actually committing suicide left and right. They're just simply doing it. So I have something um, from the front page viewer digest. I know that sounds strange, but if you look up front page viewer digest, um, you're going to find out about suicide and teenagers. More than 18% of young people ages 15 to 24 can have mental health issues. Suicide accounts for 24% of all the deaths of 15 to 24-year-old people. 
That's nuts. Now you see now the rise in this. This is 2023, by the way. I just want you to know that. These are very, very um, up-to-date. Now, what people have to deal with is the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, something else, because if kids watch domestic violence, they are going to become very, very suicidal. They've linked the two together. Kids will look at domestic violence and blame themselves. We've spoken about this, haven't we, many times. You know, kids think that maybe they're to blame or whatever. Not so is the case. Family and domestic violence is a common problem in the United States. Approximately 10 million people every year, that's one in four women, and one in nine men are victims of domestic violence. And that's from April 9th, 2023. And uh, I like to talk about this once in a while because, quite frankly, um, people don't realize just how bad it is. So we have so many things to worry about, depression with the teenagers and and the age groups that I just gave you. Some are as early as nine that commit suicide. Can you picture that? Uh, I had to, yeah. It's it's like the worst sight you could see, the absolute worst. That's awful. But it happens. Unless things change, unless pressure is taken off these kids and they're actually allowed to be kids, uh, I don't care if they put a detector in every school uh, throughout the states because kids are coming in with weapons. And where do kids spend most of their time? And it's in school. That's when they're with their peers. So whatever the peers are doing, they're doing and you've got your gangs, and you've got your territory, and you've got them attacking the teachers. No one is safe anywhere. You have a room where all the teachers will congregate when those kids go off, just like you see in a jail. That's what happens in schools. That's the day we're living in, and this is way not fair for these kids. These kids of today have got it the hardest. Yeah, it's like, where do they turn? Even when they're at home, there's still nobody there because two parents have to work just to get along um, these days. They won't have a house. So these poor kids uh, are being neglected and abused in every which way possible. And these are our next generation. Like, what, 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 how much worse can they get? Look what these kids are witnessing. We have to stop this. Somebody has to come up with a way for every person who wants to stop it across the world. I could care less where. Everybody should access to it a plan, a plan to stop all of it. You know, prevention, yeah, that, that goes all past everything that's just heard on this show. That goes into different kinds of countries because the same thing that's going on in this country or in other countries. Nobody really has it well, whether it's an island or two, big deal. Yeah, it's the rich, but most of the people are having the hardest time of their lives in the times we're living in. You know, half the time I say I'm glad I don't have a granddaughter, um, but then I remembered when she contacted me last week that I do, 
Um, <laughs> she's adopted. <laughs> um, so she kind of ground me as to really like, oh, my God, I have somebody out there now. So I have to worry about all this, too. Well, you can't look away. It's like, what can you do? I don't know. I think, um, you know, I, I, I'm like clueless at this point. Carol's actually clueless because um, there's so much to address. If it was one thing, you know, it would be, or even five things, okay, that would be, but it's everything. It's the collapse of a country. It's collapse of morale and, and uh, you know people being moral and they have no they have no feelings they have, they're void of feelings they have no feelings about you know shooting people um, stealing going in and looting and and all this other stuff they just don't care because they know they can get away with it there was that that teacher who was Jewish. And um, I'm, I'm sure you heard about it. Everybody's heard about it. And um, the university, um, I don't know, she was talking about the Palestinian people and, and, and Jewish people, and I don't know what she was talking about because I wasn't following it. But the the kids didn't like it, so they she actually put herself, I think it was in a closet or a room of some sort, and locked herself in there. And the kids were banging on the windows and, and all this other stuff. I believe the Jewish people should, I believe they should defend themselves. That's what I believe. That's not that's my personal belief. And um, I think that was her belief also. <laughs> okay. Well, all these kids were doing all kinds of stuff, banging on the windows and blaming the Jews for this and blaming the Jews for that. And she was terrified. Can you, I can't picture doing stuff like that when I was a kid. For God's sake, I would have been killed. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Where I came from, it was commonplace. You know, people had to hide um, what they are. It was from, they learned it, of course, from their parents. They learned it, of course, from their parents. You know, it goes generational until you break it. So for me, it was commonplace. Uh, It was never... I was always wearing a target, you know, and, and you grow up differently when you're wearing a target. Right, absolutely. Well, I think I told you, I'll say it on air, um, I'm Catholic, but my, my husband, of course, was, was Jewish. That's where the word the name Levine comes in. But um, relatives over his house, now this is years ago, uh, Marty and I, we were together for around 42 years. I'm not saying they were years of bliss, honey. <laughs> okay, we had our ups and downs. There was ins and outs. It was awful. And then we had our good times, too, all right? Um, unlike the first marriage, which was all horror, okay? Uh, but anyway, the point is, um, he and I went to Brooklyn to meet with some of his relatives. And there are these two old ladies um, and they didn't speak English. And they were speaking between each other, and they took me over to them, and um, they had on longish sleeves, but not terribly long. And I was looking at the one lady's arm, and I thought, I go, what the hell am I looking at? She saw me looking at her arm, and she pushed up the sleeve of her arm, and there was the number 
she was a survivor, you know, from one of the camps, okay? So the other one looked at Ming, and she pushed up her sleeve, and she, too, was a survivor, okay, of one of those terrible camps. So you see, the Holocaust was real, everything that happened to the Jewish people. Now, did they go, when it was all over with, okay, did they go looting in the streets, and did they do all kinds of stuff? No, there wasn't any of that stuff going on. And and all the stuff that happens, um, and they don't do it. Didn't do it in this country either. A lot of time, what goes on over in Europe comes over here. But there wasn't any of that. You know, it just doesn't happen. I mean, what's the point? We need our police. We need our personnel. We need our our, our medical. We need all the people that we count on for. You know, I don't quite like the doctor that took care of me because they didn't give me very good medicine. We won't talk about that. But the point is um, we need certain people in our lives, you know, to help. They, they should be respected. They should be respected. Now, not everybody is perfect, and some people make mistakes. But that doesn't mean that you take down, say, a whole force, a police force or whatever. You don't do that. We have to have them. We have to have some order. Well, you have dancing in the street, all right. Yeah, you have guns flying around all over the street. And like you're talking about, you're talking about you don't know whether you're going to be safe or whether you're not going to be safe. Um, and your granddaughter or the one that you'd like to have as a granddaughter or whatever, and, and then you have to worry about all this other stuff. No, this isn't life. This is not the way it's supposed to be. And I think that anyone who is, you know, um, whether it be white, black, Jewish, I don't care, whatever the heck they are, if they're being um, persecuted, and right now they're after Jewish people, um, they have a right to fight. And during that time, I did meet an Israeli soldier, a female one. I told you this. I'm going to say it on air because I thought it was very cool. And um, she wasn't allowed to take her um, army fatigues off. It was the same as our army fatigues, more or less. She had to always be dressed in uniform is what I'm trying to say. And um, so she spoke perfect English. In fact, she was born here and went over to Israel. That's what she chose to do, whatever. So we had this nice long conversation, and she said, one thing that you will learn about our people is the fact that we will not give up. We will not give up. If someone comes after us, we will chase them. That was years ago. And they mean it. I hear it on the news. That's the way it is. And you know what? That's the way it should be. If somebody comes after me, honey, I'm not going to just stand there. And I'm I'm French, German, Italian, <laughs> all right? And the, the do and Catholic. <laughs> so I, I think we all have um, a right to defend ourselves, and that's just the way it goes. So... When you say, where do we start, what do we do? I think we start in the school systems. Um, Teachers have to learn that they're there to teach our children reading, writing, and arithmetic, like in the old days, okay? Um, They don't have to teach them about all this other stuff that's going on. I'm not going to go into detail. And and I still say, and I stand by my word, that um, if you are... You know, if you have any um, questions about your sexuality, go get help. 
Go get help. Don't mutilate your body. And that's all I'm going to say about that. So this is what we're dealing with. This is what we're dealing with. So, Lori, when you say to me, where do we start? I believe that we have to start in the schools. Um, parents have a right as far as, uh, you know, what goes on, what the kids are taught in school. I believe that. And uh, that's just the way it is. And, you know, so anyway, are you still there? I'm here. And the teachers, since I know so many of them, you know, mm-hmm. I ask and I, define, I find out how they divide their day, how many kids and the workload they're carrying and whatnot, just to see if they have time to start fitting in these subjects that we need to be into the school with. You know, there's only a certain amount of hours you're working with and you have to take a certain amount of classes. But in the schools, these little sponges, you know, still kids, this has to be taught too. No more just old history books. They have to start teaching what's happening now. You know, mm-hmm. I don't care where they fit it in. You know, whatever it is they take out, I don't care. But kids are the place to is where everything is because they're the future generation. You know, we pass down what's going on and let us ourselves get totally screwed and whatnot. Look what we're doing to those kids. So we have whatever it takes. We have to do it, even if it's just certain, like, communities getting together. Um, The more people that come together, the more people that get heard. You know, it doesn't have to take a kid getting killed the first day he starts school and stuff. This stuff should be in the works already. And like you said, schools are where it should be taught, just like any other subject. That's right. That's exactly right. Because um, we we have to move forward, Lori. And when I say sometimes we have to move backwards to move forward, what I mean is things that are being spoken about in the schools today would never, never had taken place, what, four years ago? Maybe you're really a boy. I know you're a girl. Now, please, okay? It's, it's, it's ludicrous. It's ludicrous. And um, so things like that I think should be taken away. I think it's the first place to begin is in the school system. The teachers have to learn their place. I mean, what kind of a teacher are they to make kids uh, start, you know, can they see that their kids may be having a little problem with their sexuality? Oh, I'm going to make that one a target. I mean, what's going on here? This is crazy. So the in those ways, the, the parents have a right they have a right to know what's going on in their, te- in the, you know, in the teaching world and in their children's head and in their minds, and they have to get closer to their children so they can help them. It should be a family thing, a mother, father, daughter, sister, brother thing, not, not a school thing. There are some states I heard yesterday, um, I believe California is one of the states that um, this is happening in, where um, kids don't have to tell their parents if they want to change their sexuality. This is child abuse. You you don't teach stuff like this to kids. That's not what they're there for. They're there to learn about the world and, and, and yes, the math that they need and stuff like that to, to move forward. 
and, and English, how to write properly, how to speak properly. These things, are, these are all things that are important too. You can't, you know, rule that out. And um, you know, they have to have that. But uh, the other stuff that they're being taught is no place for that to be in in the school. That's not right. So these kids, for God's sake, they're they're out doing all kinds of weird things. They're they're having their marches, they're having their this, their protests, and, and, you know, there's a lot of kids that want to be followers, okay? They want to be followers because they're, they're not strong enough within themselves yet to be leaders. They're followers. So you get these kids that um, are weak-minded yet, if you will, weak-minded. They're not strong within themselves. And they think, well, gee, maybe I'm like that, or maybe I should do this, or maybe I should do that, or maybe I shouldn't do this. You know what I'm saying? Because they, they're not strong enough yet to, to make their own decisions, and they don't have the right proper guidance. So to keep families out of, the, the mothers and the fathers, out of business like this, this is not right. It's not good. It's not healthy. So I'm saying that the first place, yes, to start, maybe, maybe, is in the school system. Get the schools back to where they're supposed to be. Our kids have the lowest grades. They, you know, they take those those tests, and they they're coming out horrible. Third That's grade, because they're taking three. so much time. If the kids yes. are doing tests and they stop doing it because they're not learning while they're taking all these tests, if only caught on, so they lessen the tests that they have to take during the year and they're concentrating more on actually learning something. Then when they take the next test, they can know something instead of just, you know, flunking it. That's why that happened. Well, it's not right. So you see, it, we have a breakdown in everything, including including the school system. So I don't know what's even together today anymore, okay? We have a breakdown in morality and everything, everything. So when you said before... We have to we have to stop all this stuff. We have to do this. We have to do that. I the only thing that I can think of, and I finally said I was clueless. Well, the only thing I can think of is to start with the kids, and and that would be the school system. Start there. Um, they have to get the the teachers back in, into where they're supposed to be, what they're supposed to be teaching, the right proper things, and um, and you know with the PTA, those parents that do come. This is why there's fighting in PTA meetings. I've seen it on TV. <laughs> they go to a PTA meeting and there's a big bad fight going on, okay? And it's because the parents have felt that they have lost control. Well, why wouldn't they feel that way? Because the teachers are telling them, you don't have to tell your parents. So as long as we have a school system like that, as long as we have, um, you know, people like that, what are we teaching our children? We're not teaching them anything that's good, that's for sure. Uh-uh. So and I, I think I, that... Once I, change, uh, uh, once I change new math and they change the subjects, what they're calling them and whatnot like that, they're actually teaching them less than what we had to learn 
way back That's when right. they lowered the standards. And the uh, kids, unfortunately, were in, involved in all this virus, staying home with abusers and not teachers and not getting it done. So now those test scores that they've lessened, they don't even give out anymore. Um, at least where I live, they don't grade. You know, you don't have to get a grade on your paper because there's no way to assure a kid that's in the house is going to stay in front of the computer and do the work. That's what it comes down to. Why should they? You know, they got everything else in the world to do and they don't have any friends there. So why why should they be interested? Nobody's got control over everything. <laughs> so everything is falling apart. So um, the school has a lot of work to do, but there's still people that hopefully would listen to this show and will get themselves into those PTA meetings, uh, learn the teachers, you know, get to know them too, and then try to implement some stuff in the lower grades. And then it's going to make a difference. You know, as they grow, they don't have to hear only the bad stuff. They can hear, you know, what's really going on, and then you can tell them there's a future. So they're not scared about growing up. We used to have something, you know, in their minds that they're going to steer themselves towards so it doesn't get worse. There's enough of those kinds of people still around. You can't let the bad outweigh the good. Well, I think that's a good start, okay? Because this way kids don't have... um they don't have boundaries, for God's sake. They don't, you know, they have nothing. They have nothing. And these kids are very, very depressed. I read somewhere the other day that, um, phew, I never always get mixed up with the LGBTQRSTUVW. That's why I, I, I you know. But that, that population of, of children, the um, suicide rate is very, very high. See, that's why I called it child abuse before, because if all these kids, um, what are they, the, uh, you know what they stand for? Lesbian, queer, gay, um, what's the other ones? Oh, trans. Oh, it's just like, a, yeah, I mean, there's, there's just so many of them now. I, I, I can't keep track of them, all right? Trans, that's the last one I can remember. I know there's a lot more than that. Um and they use pronouns and, and all this other stuff. You have to watch out. You have to be careful. I guess you can't say he, I went over to her house. What am I supposed to do? Say I went over to its house? I mean, it makes no sense to me. I don't get it, all right? But um, I'm just using that. I'm just teasing a little with that. But the point is this. When you screw a kid's brain up like that, okay, because that's what you're doing. You're doing them a terrible injustice. You're not giving them guidance. The proper guidance would be is let's get you some counseling, all right? Let's do that. Um, and, and so they can, you know, they can if they want to make choices, okay, but do it in the proper way and you don't mutilate your body. It was, was not that long ago. There was a 17-year-old on, on the news. I told you about it, but I'm telling it on there. Um, where she had her breasts removed. She decided she wanted to be a boy because she thought that's what, and the teachers told her, too, that she should be a boy. And this is a couple of years ago. Well, two years later, she's very suicidal, and she's very, very sorry she did what she did. All right? Now, this is not what we should be doing with our children. 
They should be learning and um, and going back to old school way of thought in that sense, all right, in that sense as to what they are learning. And, yes, with the history, they should learn proper things, not uh, hatred. That's really what you're talking about. Because I can't help what happened 200 years ago uh, or 300 years ago. That was then. This is now. And, you know, that's just the way it is. That's the way it is. I can't fix it. None of us can. And like with the Jewish people, um, they were put in ovens. You know, I don't have to tell you what they were, you know, what they were and what happened. But that's what happened. And all kinds of stuff. And and you go, and it's documented. You go into a antique store, and if you if you see a lamp there, the shades are made out of the skins of a Jew. So with that thought, okay, I have to close this show. So remember these things before you throw forth your hatred about people. Okay, remember it, because I'm not Jewish. My husband was Jewish, and I learned a lot by watching them, okay? And um, what's right is right, and what's wrong is wrong, and that's just the way it is, okay? So... I hope we we were able to give you a little education tonight because that's what Lori and I try to do. And um, I thank Joe for calling in. And um, I think we had a pretty good show. And I'm sorry if my throat is a little bit off, but I made it through. And thank you, Lori, for being with me. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting better. By next week, I'll be fine. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, Michelle Bless will be here on Thursday In case you're interested I know you'd like to be here when Michelle is here I spoke to her already She'll be here So, alright, I will talk to you later Okay, sweetie Okay, uh, bye 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 now Love Talk Radio. Hmm. That's enough for me, man. I gotta get off here.